you know that fresh produce is the best produce. That's why at Kroger, we invest in local farmers to bring you seasonal picks that taste fresh from the farm good, like sweet corn, refreshing watermelon, and juicy peaches. So whether you're a delivery lover, a picker-upper, or you shop in-store, your local produce always tastes 100% fresh, or you get a 100% refund guaranteed. Kroger, fresh for everyone. I want winners. I want people that want to win. All right, we have Mike Gilbert checking in with us, co-hosting uh, for Roderick Adams, who is at the game tonight in Mexico City. If you were a part of our Facebook group, you saw all of his posts throughout the last couple of days. He looks like he was having the time of his life. But Mike, you get to guest co-host on maybe the best game of the whole season for the 49ers. <clears throat> Boy, did you pick a perfect week to ask me to 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 do this, man? Because you you've been following me on Twitter for a long time, and you know how I get during some of the 49ers games. I oh yeah, I uh, I give up on them usually about the second quarter of every game, and then they win me back usually. So we'll get there. We'll no, get there. Yeah, none of that here though. They, I mean, it was just all fun the whole time. A complete blowout. Loved it. Yes. All right. So uh, we're gonna do our normal. You know, we sort of take three topics and we kind of discuss them at length. We'll talk about. Uh, our MVPs of the game, and then we'll look ahead to next week. But just because Mike mentioned it, this, let's start with the defense. I know 38 points, we should start with the offense. Mm -hmm. We're going to get there. <clears throat> but let's actually start with the defense here because uh, there was uh, – I can't remember the game. It may have been the Carolina game. But at some point on this podcast, Rod – I told Rod, I said, you know, just 49 is the best defense in the league. And we start talking about, we are like, you know, based off of what's going on right now, I, I do think they have the best defense in the league. And then that week, I'm not saying that we were the originator of that idea, but you started to see that on in the blogs mm -hmm. and in the podcast, like do the 49ers the best defense uh, in the league. And then they started to play poorly. And you yourself on Twitter, you were like debunking the idea that the 49ers had the best defensive league. And I, I took that as a personal shot. I'm like, okay, Mike is subtweeting me for saying no. that the, that the 49ers. So uh, explain, because I, I think that these last three weeks, we've actually seen them come back to mm -hmm. what that point was that I made mm -hmm. in being the best defense in the league or one of them. But there was a couple of games where they weren't that Falcons game where they were missing a bunch of starters and all that stuff. So, yeah, give me your thoughts on on kind of how they've bounced back in your eyes. And, and I mean, maybe you still think that they're, a, you know, maybe not as good as, as everyone thinks they, that they are. No. <clears throat> so when when I was saying that it was during the Falcons game, whenever uh, they had a lot of people out, but yeah. it's the it's the Falcons. It's Marcos Mariota. Right. Mm -hmm. So I was just like, even with all of the starters out and like literally half the defense was uh, was injured uh, or half the starting defense was injured, but they were getting carved up by Marcos Mariota. They didn't yes. even have Cordero Patterson during that game. So nope. I was just like, I was like, the best defense in the league doesn't do this, right? The best defense in the league is a little bit deeper than this to where they could play. They should be able to stop a second-rate team, and they had they had no answer for the Atlanta Falcons of all people. So that was frustrating. And then um, I started to say it again in the Chiefs game when yes. we did get some – They, we had they got some carved up back. in the Chiefs game. Yeah, Absolutely we had some people back. back. 
And they got completely blown out by the Chiefs. They had no answers for them. Uh, Patrick Mahomes did whatever he wanted to do during that game. Kelsey did whatever he wanted to do during that game, and we had no answers for them. And so I was just like, the best defense in the league doesn't play like this. And we've seen good defenses do a lot better against the Chiefs than what the 49ers were able to do. Yes. So that's why that's why I was saying that. Now, the last three games, something has awoken in these guys. Uh, part of it, um, the teams that they're playing are not very good, like tonight. Um, but also, I think a part of it, I think D'Amico Ryans felt a little bit challenged. And uh, a couple weeks ago, they were getting beat up at halftime. And since that moment, they have not given up a single point in the second half in the last three games, right? Yeah. They've been starting off a little bit slow, and then they've just been coming back, um, <clears throat> doing well. Charverius, Tra- I know everybody's going to want to talk Bosa. Bosa is obviously great all the time. Charverius Ward, <clears throat> Mooney Ward looks amazing. He looks fantastic. Hufanga looks awesome. The entire defense is just balling out right now. And then whenever they get Eric Armstead back from injury, if they get him back this season, yeah. um, I, I think you're looking at a I think you're looking at a next level defense. Now, with that said, do I think that they could still play against the teams like the Chiefs? I don't know. Teams like that always give the Fort Danners fits, even when they are the best in the league. They they've never been able to play teams like that. These these very fast mobile quarterbacks, um, guys who move outside the pocket. They've had a lot of trouble with that in the past. And I still am very skeptical that they can actually hold up against those teams. That team is problems for, for just about everybody. But in some instances, they do seem maybe a little bit less uh, of the, you know, the Superman offense uh, that, you know, they, they wasted the 49ers and they've, they've wasted a couple mm-hmm. other teams, but then they've sort of come back to earth in some instances and you go, well, how come, you know, they didn't play as well against X team and they just ran, ran it up against four Niners. I think it's an interesting thing because um, I think one Andy Reed comes from the 49ers coaching tree and he's probably, you know, he, it's, it's kind of like homecoming for him. So he always wants to beat the 49ers, right? All the way, going all the way mm-hmm. back to, to green Bay Two, He's a brilliant schemer when it comes to getting guys open and then, you know, and, and Biennemi is the offensive coordinator. So there's, you know, he, he's helping there. And then when you have Pat Mahomes, who's the best quarterback in the NFL, he, when he is able to get that ball out quick and, and uh, when the pass rush maybe isn't there consistently, it's just carve him, carve me up time. <clears throat> right. And, and for the 49ers, mm-hmm. Bosa is the only defensive line starter Who's who's starting right now? All these other guys are are hurt. Ebukam didn't play today. Um, Eric, like you said, Eric Armstead. So that was probably the maybe the the perfect mixed cocktail for the the Chiefs to beat up the 49ers. But at the same time, a lot of times for the 49ers, and we used to see it with Russ Wilson all the time. Quarterback who can move his feet a little bit and buy himself an extra second, an extra half of a second does pretty well for whatever reason, the way this, this defensive scheme for the 49ers works. That is, that is really their kryptonite is that quarterback mm-hmm. who can scamper a little <clears throat> bit. So the other thing about this defense that I'm kind of interested in getting your thoughts on and, and Rod and I have been on this pretty much since the, the beginning, which is the NFL today is completely built around the offense. All the rules dictate are, are all offensive rules any sort of touching of a wide of a wide receiver, you're going to get a flag, and so the Niners will also give up plays to really, really physical, 
tall and dominant wide receivers. And we saw that in the beginning of the game today with DeAndre Hopkins. I thought the, I thought Hopkins was going to go for 150 yards and two touchdowns. Mm -hmm. Thankfully, the pass rush started to pick up. And thankfully, also Colt McCoy's on the other side. So, you know, he's a he's a a career backup. And event, you know, that that was not they were not going to let that happen uh, because he's just not good enough to beat them. Uh, some people say, oh, what about last year? Yeah, you know, I'll have to go back and look at that game. But the uh, the other worry, I guess, for me is that one quarterback who's got that dominant, dominant wide receiver and who's who's a lot bigger than 49ers. Uh, Ward is, is a little bit of a bigger DB, but they usually have like, you know, these small shifty defensive backs. And uh, do you see that as a possible problem down the line as we get through the rest of the regular season, which are still seven more games for them. Yeah. When Murray gets back him and him and Hopkins are going to be a problem for the 49ers and they always have trouble with Murray, but you know, I, I know that Hopkins had a lot of success tonight, but I think the 49ers were like, we're going to let you, you know, we're going to let Hopkins do his thing underneath. We're just going to make sure that he's not going to go past a certain point. Right. So we're going to give him these chunk yards underneath, but we're going to, we're not going to let them run a single yard. We're going to cover everybody else. Um, Ertz is out of the game, so we're, we have no fear of the tight end. We have no fear of Dorch. We have no fear of anybody else. We're just going to let Hopkins do his thing, and we're going to make sure that we get a good pass rush and completely stop the run game. So they were, I think they were more than willing to let Hopkins kind of run wild because Hopkins always runs wild on them. So why should they you know, divert all their resources to just, just stopping him whenever they're like, we're just going to do our thing and play our game? That's why um, – that I think that's why they were so successful tonight. Um, but yeah, you know, there's, you know, I, I look at the Miami, I look at Miami with uh, Tua and they don't have just one awesome wide receiver. They got two, yeah. right? They got Jalen Waddle and they got Tyreek. And I think that's going to be a big problem for them. Um, and like you said, that they, they do struggle against these big bodied receivers. Then you, you know, you look forward, you, you got uh, Tampa Bay, they got the big receivers over there. So that's going to be trouble that they're on the schedule later this year. So um, they, they do have the work cut out for them, but if, if they can get the offense to play up to the level that they played tonight and really the last couple of games to kind of match that effort that we're getting on defense, I think that we could be pretty successful. Yeah, no, it's a good point about the upcoming teams because on paper you'd kind of say, okay, well, you know, the 49ers should should probably win these games, especially being at home, but there are challenges in in all three games coming, right? Cuz you mm -hmm. know, Camara has not had that that single really big Camara game yet, I know because he is on my fantasy team. Um <laughs> the the from a receiver standpoint their their big receiver is uh, Olave. Uh he's got uh, 51 catches for 760 yards. Uh, Thomas but, is out, right? Michael uh, Thomas yes. is out. Okay. Yes. And, and so it, it it may look a little similar to the Saints uh the Saints gameplay may look a little similar to what the Cardinals were which is one big time, you know, one good receiver and then Kamara out of the backfield. Uh, their, their tight end uh, has 47, uh, has actually 31 catches. Uh, he's he's third on the team in, in catches. But I think the way that that, and we'll talk about this matchup a little bit more more uh, in, in at the end of this show, but this kind of team, I think the Niners can beat this kind of team. But more mm -hmm. to your point, when there are multiple weapons, that's when it's going to be up to the offense to score, right? And so Shelvin yeah. mentioned that... Uh, you know, he had a solid game. Hopkins is, is, is special. So Hopkins is special. He doesn't have that 
crazy speed, but you saw that catch on the sidelines where he kept the feet in and there was this beautiful catch. So he's going to, you know, he's going to get his. And, and like you said, he did for a little bit, but they only gave up 2.8 yards per carry. Uh, James Connor was uh, seemingly frustrated all night. Uh, they tried these little trick plays with some screens and some reverses. And the one play with uh, Dorch went for a good number. I think it almost went for 40 yards. But other than that, yeah. they kind of bottled that up, too. So it was really Hopkins. And then they got some garbage yardage uh, later later in the game when when the Niners were up by a bunch. But uh, but yeah, they can they can clearly beat teams like this who don't have that many weapons. And you can kind of you can kind of single on, you know, okay, we got to stop this person. And if we stop this person, then we win. And it seemed like they really, really targeted the run game. Like from Mm -hmm. from the beginning of the game, it was like, we're going to let Colt go. We're going to see if he can beat us because we're just going to be dead out stopping the run. And then that's what they did. So. That worked. It, it allowed them to uh, play uh, defensively. It allowed them to, you know, start to wear down the offense. And then you saw later in the game when the pass rush improved and such. And that's the way that they win. They just they just wear these other teams down with their style. Um, so let's actually talk about a certain individual who is a, is a very polarizing figure in, in the 49er community. You can't imagine who this person might be. Uh, I, I thought that was Jimmy G's best game of the season. I, it's one of his best game, game ever. As a professional <laughs> football player ever. Yeah, because he, he, I know he didn't like break the 300-yard marker. He didn't have to come from behind or anything like that. But he was flawless tonight. He was absolutely flawless. Um, I He didn't really make that many mistakes. I know that I think a stat line where he was, uh, and you might be able to correct me on this 20 for 28 for like 230 yards, almost 20 for 29 to 28. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And four touchdowns, no interceptions. Right. And some of those incompletions, there's a couple where he took a shot at it and then there were others that he threw it away. So if you take those into, and into effect, I mean, like he had a damn near perfect game. Um, a, it, the anti-Jimmy game is what we should call this because he's usually got at least one or two big mistakes that makes you just think like, oh, like this is exactly why Trey Lance was drafted is because of this right. crap right here. We didn't see any of that tonight. He, no. The guy just uh, – and kudos to the offensive line. I don't think Mike McGlinchey's name was uttered once. <laughs> that's Honestly, a good thing, right? <laughs> yeah. If, if you're not talking about Mike McGlinchey at all, that's, that means that he had a really good game. Uh, Trent Williams is on fire, obviously. I think the offensive line just played amazingly. They kept J.J. Watt at bay the whole game. And the the Cardinals' defense isn't very good anyway, so that that helped. But um, he was he was getting his third, fourth reads, right? You know, getting his checkdowns. Christian McCaffrey was balling his ass off, and so was George Kittle. Uh, I mean, he he was outstanding tonight. you got to give him his flowers. The thing that the, what you were saying is those, those one or two throws per game, <clears throat> Rod and I call them Jimmy throws. Like, you're just like yeah. – waiting for that one throw under pressure but off the back foot where he just he's just trying to eke out a first down that that is not there and thankfully because of the pass rush uh, uh because of the or the 49ers ability to control the pass rush cuz he he had there were zero sacks on on Garoppolo tonight mm-hmm. he he was not under pressure he had one throw where he kind of almost did it, and it was one of I think it was the one that uh, Wyatt blocked on. It was like a second, uh, second and long or something. 
And I was like, oop, that was as close as we got. <laughs> we're going to get here or are we going to get another one? And But he was he was perfect. And so here's my question to you, because to me, the difference with Garoppolo is, is mostly two things. And the first thing I think is very clear. He has a guy who he can he knows in the back of his mind. If my first and second read is not there christian is there Mm -hmm. so he's not worried about forcing it into these tight windows to debo or to Ayuk or to kittle because he knows in the back of his mind okay nope not there nope not there i know christian's gonna get open and if christian's not open then you just throw it away right yep and so he's been doing that much better these last three games the ability to just go and we you know we call this the 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 alex smith the ability to go it's not there. It's third and long. We'll we'll fight. We'll live to see another day. And let's just mm-hmm. throw it away. Because in previous such such situations, that could turn into a pick. That could turn into a sack. A sap sack fumble. And then it's just the the momentum and stuff. If you believe in that stuff, kind of, kind of changes. So those are my two things that I think are are different with Garoppolo this year than than previous Garoppolo extra weapon but specifically a safety valve that he knows is dependable he just needs to get it there and this dude this dude could be i I don't know what the size difference is but i feel like if the 49ers wanted to he could just be cooper cup if like for Mm -hmm. their cooper cup because he's so good catching the ball in the backfield and it doesn't take him very long to catch and then get to that top shifty speed that he has. It's just amazing to watch that dude play. But uh, what are your thoughts on the differences or the changes in what you've seen being that we've now been watching Jimmy Garoppolo for since what, 2017. So that's a Mm -hmm. long time. Yeah. And Jimmy is what he's going to be. Like, I think we've seen the best of him. I don't think he's going to get any better than he is right now, but what you can do is improve the weapons around him. And that's what the 49ers have done. Right. Um, Not only, not only does he have a safety valve there, Christian McCaffrey, but what he's going to do is then draw another defender away from Brandon Ayuk and away from Debo and away from Kittle. He's going to draw more attention away from those guys. So now those guys are going to get more open. Uh, And when they aren't open, you can always trust the McCaffrey is going to be there, uh, going to be there waiting. And on top of that, you got Elijah Mitchell back. Yeah. Like the, he, he was the top running back all last year. He actually, uh, the last two games is out, has more running yards than um, McCaffrey. Yeah. Um, and so, we'll, and we're, we're going to, we'll, we'll make that our third topic. So yeah, we'll, we'll hit on yeah. those guys uh, very uh, together. The, this, this, this pairing that you're the, talking the about. The group. Yeah. So, you know, so you, you have, you have McCaffrey as a weapon and I, I, you know, I think this, and I've been trying to think back and during the game, it really hit me. I was like, is Christian McCaffrey the best midseason trade that the 49ers have ever made? And I know we've only had him for three games, but it seems right now that this is probably the best in history, uh, uh, certainly for the, the Lynch era. I mean, we got Emmanuel Sanders, right, a couple years ago. That was a great one. Yeah. Um, uh, I'm trying to think of another midseason trade that we were able to get that's better than McCaffrey, and I just can't think of anything off the top of my head, even going back to the Montana years. So, um, there, so- there, are t- there are, I think... There could be something between, you know, the last 10 or 15 years that I'm not thinking about. But I think the one that right. most old school 49er fans would talk about is the 49ers trading for Fred Dean mm-hmm. right before. Right. I think it was uh, was it the 81 season mid season or something 
Uh, he was not happy in San Diego, I believe, and they traded him. Uh, Rich, uh, or Rick, uh, Rick Feinberg, Rick. who is watching, <laughs> he 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 may because he you know he knows. He's- those the, those the local eras. historian rick yeah, yeah he knows he knows those eras really well but that's off off the top of my head that's what i'm thinking about but the one that i i know this wasn't a trade the one that kind of it, it's a little bit different because it was this bidding war between the 49ers and the cowboys but in 94 when they signed dion and they brought him in I don't know what game it was like, you know, a few games into the season and just like the jolt that he gave that defense and the swagger and the confidence. It's almost like that's what Christian has given to this offense is. Yeah. Oh, we don't have to be, you know, we don't have to only be this running team who wants to run 35 teams, a game, 35 times a game, though. That is where we are probably still at our best. We can actually be a little bit more dynamic. There's no I in team, but there is one in Indeed. And that's the hiring platform that you need to build yours. When you're hiring, you need Indeed. Instead of spending hours on multiple job sites searching for candidates with the right skills, Indeed's a powerful hiring platform that can help you do it all. One of the things I love about Indeed is that it makes hiring all in one place so easy because Indeed does the hard work for you. They show you the candidates whose resumes on Indeed fit your description immediately after you post so you can hire faster. Join more than 3 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. Start hiring now with a $75 sponsored job credit to upgrade your job post at Indeed.com slash BlueWireSports. Offer good for a limited time. Claim your $75 credit now at Indeed.com slash BlueWireSports. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWireSports. And support the show by saying that you heard it on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWireSports. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. NFL Sunday Ticket is now on YouTube and YouTube TV, which means that it just got easier to be an NFL fan, even if you live far away. Like, maybe you like the Bears, but you're hibernating in Panthers territory. But with NFL Sunday Ticket, your out-of-market team is never more than a short distance away. Specifically, the distance from you to your remote control. NFL Sunday Ticket, now on YouTube and YouTube TV. Go to youtube.com slash presale to get $50 off. Terms and embargoes apply. Offer ends 919. No refund. Subscription auto renews. Okay, so here's my next question for you, which is, I would imagine, as we get closer to the playoffs, some of these defenses are going to be keying on McCaffrey out of the backfield, right? Mm-hmm. More of us, you know, having a linebacker kind of sit back and spy him because they know that that has been Jimmy's go-to, his safety valve. I know that Kyle knows, okay, when they start doing that a little bit more, and I I haven't been watching closely enough to see if they were even trying to do that tonight. Christian just seemed open on every play. Yeah. But Kyle being the brilliant offensive mind that he is as far as scheming guys open. Now you may not agree with kind of the way that sometimes the Niners can't punch touchdowns in, but my thought is like, Oh, Kyle's like, okay, so you're going to keep that linebacker study. Now we're going to attack the parts of the field where that linebacker is supposed to be based Mm -hmm. on what we're doing. So there's going to be this nice chess game that, uh, that is that we're going to see. And, and I, I hope that Jimmy is uh, 
he's going to be efficient enough. He's going to be accurate enough to take advantage of those opportunities when the team is cheating a little bit more towards Christian. Do you believe that this version of Jimmy that you're seeing is going to be able to hit Debo and Kittle a little bit more than he has Kittle's big game today, but still Mm -hmm. Debo he's, you know, Debo hasn't really, really been Debo as a wide receiver yet this season. I don't think. No, no, he hasn't. That I mean, to say that anything about Debo has been disappointing, it would be kind of silly at this point. But you know, Ayuk is the number one receiver on the team right now. Right. He's got the most catches and the most yards, and I think the most touchdowns as a recept as a receiver. So, um, but I do, I do think, and I think that's the was the brilliance of bringing McCaffrey over is because once they start, once they realize they just can't leave him open, they're going to allocate more resources to him. And then you're going to get more over the middle with Debo. George Kittle is going to get not only over the middle, he's going to go deep, right? And then you're going to forget about Kyle Juszczyk, who can also catch out of the backfield. So you got all these things going on uh, all at once, and he has all these toys at his disposal. Um, do I think Jimmy is smart enough and accurate enough to take advantage of them? Sometimes I question whether or not he's <laughs> smart enough um, because he does make some dumb mistakes. But I do think one of the things that he is good at is reading defenses and and knowing when someone's going to be getting open. And and Kyle is good enough to to have a scheme where he's like, look, I think this guy is going to bite on this. So we're going to go this way over here. And and that's kind of what the defense is all about, misdirection, right? Just making you think they're going to do this, and then they're going to do this. And then at the same time, they can bring it back, and then now we're going to run it down your throat. We're going to just line up right behind Trent Williams, and we're going to push it down your throat. So they have all of these different things. Um, you know, if, if the 49ers had Aaron Rodgers, they'd be unstoppable, right? <laughs> so, <laughs> that's, well, maybe that's not been, this version of Aaron maybe Rodgers. Not this, but the, the, the version from a couple of years ago, you know, if they had yeah. him, he, they'd be unstoppable. But they don't. They got Jimmy, and he's the best that we got right now. Um, and I, I think that he's been doing a hell of a job the last few weeks, and it's really been since Christian McCaffrey came on board. He's really added – He's added a layer to Jimmy's game. He's making Jimmy a better quarterback than he has been before, which is crazy. So I was looking through that the midseason trades. I actually don't think Fred Dean was a midseason trade now. Um, now, the the one that we didn't mention, Garoppolo was a midseason trade, right? He ah, came, ah he, yeah. He was a midseason trade. Yeah. Uh, so I, I couldn't figure out really when Fred Dean was traded for. It may have been in in the off season, uh, as yeah. the Niners were kind of stacking up guys because they they yeah. and I think I think Matt Millen wasn't Matt Millen a a mid season guy? Didn't he? He might maybe not on a trade, but I think he was a mid season free agent. Was a, I think he may have been a um he may have been like a a plan B free agent. Do you remember? Do you you yeah. may be even too young for this, but in the it would have been 1991. The NFL had a uh, a Plan B free agent. Like if you, the Niners had to basically put a bunch of guys on like their roster, and then if they didn't put certain guys on their roster, those guys could leave even if they had contracts. And like mm-hmm. that's how Roger Craig ended up in the Raiders. Ronnie Lott yeah. ended up with the Raiders. It was it was this Plan B. I kind of wonder if Matt Million was that, but. I, there's not the, the there's not a great way to to look this stuff up in the internet at least no. that I have found yet so maybe I'm maybe no, there's I'll a secret to, website that will help I'll us. have to pull up my uh, my championship season DVDs and, and <laughs> find find a DVD player because I don't have one anymore but I do have the box set of all their Super Bowls so <laughs> yes maybe we'll, maybe maybe I'll have to pull those out and see what happened I know they they they've um the, those that was kind of how I learned football history was yeah 
all that stuff when it was on ESPN. Like the early days of ESPN in like the early 80s, it was just all like old NFL film stuff mm-hmm. and football follies. And, and that's how I learned a lot of the history. Uh, yeah. Okay, so Billy uh, Billy said that B.A. is the best route runner in NFL, hands down. Uh, he's Let's talk about him for a second. Um, yeah. Brandon Ayuk, we have been waiting for him to explode. Now, I think the idea was he was going to be their number one guy, but then Debo, who was a, uh, I think Debo was a second round pick and, and Ayuk was a first round pick. Debo jumped, Debo jumped up these last couple of years to be the guy, but Ayuk is, is uh, showing why he was that number one pick. And it was a pick that I think a lot of people kind of scratched their heads about. There were some people who who didn't think Ayuk was even a first round guy, but Kyle did, and and he went after him, and I and now he's he's shown that okay, this is why you got this guy. He's so much tougher of a of a of a guy than I realized because you know he's not going down the sidelines and and kind of you know going deep on guys. He's going over the middle. It's it's like slants and it's posts and it's crosses. And he's taking hits, right? He's taking hits mm-hmm. in that middle of the field, and he's slick. He's very slick in that he doesn't really get, uh, he doesn't really get hit like directly, like some of these other guys uh, get hit sometimes over the middle. But much tougher than I realized, and I think he's really showing off his hands this year. His hands have been really excellent. Uh, you know, sometimes Jimmy will miss uh, on a pass, and you'll see like a one hand go kind of go out, and and you know that's a a drop on the receiver, but. Uh, I, he's been excellent this year. And finally, it's kind of like, yes, you know, all of those of us who believed in, in IU mm-hmm. now we're, you know, we're happy to see that. Um, and I think this is just my opinion. I mentioned, I've mentioned it. Um, I've mentioned it in the last couple of shows is there's a chemistry thing between the two of them where the timing, like, cause Jimmy will miss Jimmy will throw behind uh, on on certain routes and and you're like oh that was a 10 yard play but it could have been like a 30 yard play if he hits mm-hmm. him in stride for whatever reason he hits Ayuk in stride and this guy is getting an extra five and seven and eight yards because it's like he doesn't have to slow down to catch the ball for whatever reason him and Jimmy have this great timing and it's great to see yeah, and it's one of the things that Jimmy was able to do in 2017, I thought, is is he had this ability to throw people open. Like, he could predict where the guy was going to be. And I, after getting beat up a little bit, I think he lost a little bit of that, and I think Kyle lost trust in him. But he seems to have gained that back a little bit with Ayuk specifically. Now, with Debo, he just kind of throws it in Debo's general direction, and he just kind of hopes he gets it, and he does the same thing with Kittle. Um, and he did, the, and he did with the Kittles, uh, the first touchdown with Kittle. Yeah. That was not a good throw. It was a very athletic move to get himself open and to scramble. But the throw was not really on target. Just nobody happened to be behind Kittle, so he was able to score. But with with Ayuk, I think um, as our as our friend Billy pointed out, that he's such a great route runner. Like that's his specialty. Um, you know, Jimmy can predict where uh, where Ayuk's going to be because he knows the route. Now with uh, with Debo, maybe that's not the case with Debo because Debo is just more of a dynamic athlete, and he likes to he likes to do his thing. And Jimmy will throw it to him when he's open, and then he'll just take the ball and go crazy with it. And the same thing with Kittle, but it's a little bit different with Ayuk because Ayuk is like a 
He is like a, a he's a technician, right? He is a professional wide receiver. Yes, that's the way I see Ayuk. Um, now he has shown his hands have gotten better this year, but he has dropped some pretty big passes. Uh, specifically last week, he dropped the touchdown pass that yeah, uh, he did. That he did. That was a really good pass by Jimmy, I thought, and uh, and he he dropped it. So, um, but other than that, for the most part, he's had a tremendous season. I'm really looking forward to seeing what he's got the rest of the year. So. I guess we have to bring this up because you do a professional wrestling podcast called Brace <laughs> for Impact on the Fight yes, Game sir. Media Network. And I think everyone knows that uh, I do some wrestling stuff myself as well. And one George Kittle, who I, I've never heard another American wrestling fan say that his favorite wrestler was Pentagon. Uh, but George Kittle's favorite wrestler is Pentagon and I had posted in in one of our groups earlier this week saying, "Oh, I wonder if Pentagon will actually be on television because of this, mm-hmm. uh, you know, because because of Kittle's uh, fandom." And lo and behold, before the game started, they go into the, the you know they go and kind of hang out and shake hands, and he gives Kittle a mask, and then Kittle scores that first touchdown, and there's Pentagon on Monday night football, just <laughs> hanging out. Now it didn't say AEW wrestler or, or triple a wrestler. It just said Pentagon and, or his, uh, his current uh, AEW name. But uh, that was pretty cool. I actually liked, mm-hmm. uh, you know, that they didn't shy away from it. You know, they didn't make fun of it, which uh, back in the day, they, they may have made fun of it, but uh, you know, Kittle bringing a little bit of like, um, you know, that athlete crossover thing. And and it kind of makes me wonder, we do have a pay-per-view for AEW coming out to the Bay Area in March. I wonder if Kittle will will do something, be you know, to take advantage of that. I don't know if Tony Khan, who's the guy who runs AEW, will take advantage of, of George Kittle being uh, friends with Pentagon. That would be kind of interesting. Yeah, and George Kittle goes to all the WWE shows that are there. When, I, area, went, so. when I went to Raw, he was there. He showed up. It was him. Uh, and Hufanga together, mm-hmm. and they stayed for about. I would say they stayed for about. Uh, they got there a little bit late, then stayed for maybe like an hour or so, and then they did stuff in the back. Because then they did all the social media for WWE. So yeah, he was there. He, I mean, he. I, yeah. I've been to two different shows where he was there. There was a pay per view. I think it was the TLC pay per view, like 2018 or something. And he showed up in the crowd after a game like they had just played the game and they won. <laughs> and then he showed up uh, and I think he even cut the press conference short. He's like, yeah, yeah. I got to go to the pay-per-view. Well, so. he was like, you guys, I'm trying to get to the pay-per-view. You guys are really <laughs> killing me right now. I remember that. So, um, no, you bring up you bring up a Pentagon. We, we called him Pentagon Junior back in the day. That's yes. what I know him as. Yes, yes. But in 2017, he was coming to the Bay Area a lot. So we need to yeah. ask. Our friend John LaRocca and uh, Marcus Mack, who were booking those shows in San Francisco, if, I wonder if Kittle was at those shows because he was around during that time. And and uh, I I certainly went to those shows, and I went because Pentagon was my favorite wrestler, and yeah. uh, Pentagon went on to sign with Impact Wrestling, became their champion, and then shortly after that, I started working for you with the Impact Podcast. So there you go. <laughs> there you so, go. Um, but uh, yeah, no, I, I thought that was really cool. He's been to the games before, but this was the first time that I think that he was really featured um, during the game. They went out of the way. He presented Kittle a, a Lucha Libre mask, and I thought that was really cool. Um, and I'm sure uh, Tony Khan, uh, who owns the Jacksonville Jaguars, by the way, yes. is probably going to try and uh, <laughs> try and get that footage and show that on uh, on um, AEW Dynamite this week. I think that'd be pretty cool. Yeah, Joe Buck. Joe Buck doing the pronunciation of yeah he did it a couple him, different ways yeah called him penta el Cedo miedo right that's what he's going by now so yeah 
Uh, okay, so let's talk about uh, our, our third point here. Christian McCaffrey and Elijah Mitchell bring the one-two punch. Now, the way that they did this, and this has been the last two weeks, mostly last week was a little bit different, but Christian was really the main running back in the first half. And then when the defense kind of softened and got a little tired, then Elijah Mitchell was the number one running back in the second half. And then when he got tired, they were more or less going to pass because then you're bringing uh, CMC back in the game. Uh, but you had asked me, or you had kind of made a point uh, before we started saying, you know, what should we compare this to? So I'll let you go first to compare it, you know, a famous 49ers backfield, and then I'll have my own yeah. comparison as well. Well, th- I think Rick Feinberg will get a uh, kick out of this, but uh, I-, I was thinking like, what, who to compare him to? And I'm like, it's the million dollar backfield, except for now with inflation, it's probably the billion dollar backfield. <laughs> but, uh, but, you know, in 1954, the uh, million dollar backfield was a Y.E. Tittle, um, Hugh McElhenney, uh, John Henry Johnson, and a fullback Hall of Famer, I believe, Joe Perry. Joe the Jet. Um, Joe the Jet Perry, yeah, they were they were a big time um, a big time backfield. I don't know that I'd add Jimmy's name to that, but if you take a look <laughs> at you got CMC Elijah Mitchell, um, and then you put Debo Samuel back there yeah, as that yeah. trio there. Yeah, I mean, what's a better three uh, pat you know th- three running backs in the entire league than that? I don't think that I, I think that might be the best like trio of runners on any football team in history. Um, I'm sure somebody's going to do some research and say, you know, maybe Otto Graham had better running backs or something in the 1940s. Yeah, you, you but, might you might get a well actually or something. At some yeah, I, I'm sure, but I'm take I'm take, you know I I've been watching I'm almost I'm 39 now I've been watching football since like birth at this point I don't think that I've ever seen a running back core this good um, before and then if if they didn't trade away Jeff Wilson it's like come on it's over <laughs> but they traded Jeff and uh, and he yeah. was he was a great player here for a long time but um, I I think with with Mitchell and CMC and uh, Debo Samuel, it's, it's insanity. And then Kyle Juszczyk can catch the ball out of the backfield. He's not going to run, but the guy is a hell of a blocker, right? He's a, he's one of the best, probably the best fullback in all of football. He's definitely the highest paid. So he's yeah. in the pro bowl every year. So come on that it's insanity. What they got going on back there. Yeah. There might only be like five actual fullbacks in the NFL, but the, yeah. it works for the 49ers offense. So, um, don't forget about quarterback sneak Jimmy. That's the best version of Jimmy for me is quarterback sneak yeah. Jimmy. This guy never gets stopped on a quarterback sneak, though. I no. think last week he last week he missed on one, but then he got he, it on the next one. He got another tonight. I think he he was it was a third and one tonight, and I think he got like three or four yards out of it. So <laughs> yeah. he did great. Uh, so okay, here's now here's my comparison. Uh, 1984 Super Bowl team Niners go 15 mm-hmm. and one. Wendell Tyler is their actual uh, tailback. Who is their fullback? None oh. other than Roger Craig. Oh, and so yeah, it, it's yeah. not exactly the same style. It's not, you know, oh, we're going to go to Wendell and then we're going to go to Roger. It was, you know, Wendell Tyler was more so the main back. He had a, you know, he had some fumbling issues uh, as a player, but he was, you know, I think he probably got 12 or 1300 yards that season, maybe even a little bit more. And Craig was very early in his career. I think he would have only been in his second year in the league, maybe third, mm-hmm. second or third year in the league. Uh, but he was the fullback. And and the thing about it is, like, even though he was not the number one back, they were very comfortable giving him the ball. They were very comfortable throwing him the ball. Uh, I think so. I think Tyler leaves 
I think Tyler may have stayed one more year and then 86, it becomes Craig and, and Craig just becomes the, the number one tailback. And he's, you know, catching a hundred balls and rushing for a thousand and, and receiving for a thousand. He's the first mm-hmm. back to do that. So the talent in that backfield, Tyler was the veteran. He was a little bit older and they relied on him in 84 for, for that. Uh, but yeah, that's kind of what it reminds me of, which is you just have two guys who are of such high level talent. Now Mitchell is still very young, right? So mm-hmm. He has not shown the ability to stay healthy for a full season. He he got hurt last year, got hurt this year. So that's my worry because you mentioned Jeff Wilson, and that was the reason why I kind of wanted to hang on to Jeff Wilson. It's like, <laughs> yeah. well, what if Mitchell gets hurt again? Like, we need that guy. But if they stay healthy, gosh, what what a great uh, a great thing. And, like, the CMC thing, that's what everyone talks about, right? Oh, they just mm-hmm. got CMC. He's one of the best. Uh, he's one of the best offensive players in football. But what they didn't remember is how well Mitchell played last year. Mitchell, when he was healthy, he played really well last year. Because remember, they drafted Trey Sermon to be their guy and or at least to have the best shot to be their guy. Mm -hmm. And it turned out that the guy who they drafted later than Trey Sermon was the better player. And I don't even I don't even know. If, I think Trey Sermon got picked up by the Eagles or something. I don't even know if he's uh, if he's on a roster or, or whatever, but I, he might be on a practice squad somewhere. I have no possible. idea. I didn't know that he even got picked up. Yeah. So that that is kind of how I look at it, which is everyone's focused on Christian. Yet Elijah's like the the guy who comes in with the fresh legs and a tired defense. And he's just putting his head down and running through these guys. And it was it was great to watch. I was like, wow, like it's it's crazy how and, and you know we can kind of um, there was a a, a Mostert uh, in um, the Super Bowl year. It mm-hmm. it was Mostert, and then they had another back who, who was pretty fast. I mean, Wilson was was in that mix too. But that yeah. you know the, they, that's what Kyle would do very well. It's like okay, running back for this series runs hard. And then the next series, you got a fresh running back who's got fresh legs, <laughs> and he's running hard. And then you just keep going back and forth. And, man, the, the times when they have both guys in the game, I'm trying to guess. I'm like, okay, are they are they trying to set the team up to think that it's going to be Mitchell just so that they could they could throw to Christian? Or is Christian the decoy, and they're going to run? You know, they're going to run. Like, it's just I'm like conf- – I'm like – giddy in in my confusion knowing that those options are there it's it's crazy the options and what i keep waiting for and this is like my dream scenario i want to see christian debo and elijah all in the backfield all in one play (laughs) i just 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 to you know maybe when they're up by like 15 20 you know maybe like 21 points maybe they're up by a few touchdowns i just want to see what would happen i just i i i don't know that it's going to be awesome i just believe it's going to be awesome um but, you know, Mitchell had a heck of a game book, nine carries for 59 yards, yeah. 6.6 uh, average, which is insanity. Um, and so, such great production that 159 yards rushing. Of course, uh, you know, Debo had that uh, super long run there yes. uh, for the touchdown. 39 so, yards. Th- th- well, he s- said he was a three for 37. Oh, he got, he got a couple of negative. He got a couple uh, of negative <laughs> yards. <laughs> yeah, got a, got a couple of negative. And then, uh, yeah, so I, I – it, it's a tr- tremendous backfield, man. It, you know, um, I, ha- I work with a Browns fan, right? And I don't know if you guys have ever had a friend that's a Browns fan. It's pretty depressing to have a, yeah. friend that's a Browns fan. <laughs> yeah. But uh, he was like, well, 
what about Kareem Hunt and Nick Chubb? And I was like, you know, that is a hell of a one-two yeah, punch. It is. But they don't they don't have Debo, right? So we right. got three. We got three guys that we can go to. And uh, you know, Kareem Hunt doesn't even want to play for the Browns. So I'm I'm gonna <laughs> yeah. take our backs over over Cleveland's backs. So Christian, the 49ers have seven games. They are currently mm-hmm. six and four. So they have seven more regular season games. He will they're they're gonna have to up Christian's activity to to get to a thousand yards rushing. I don't even think that's really a goal. But no. he's at five sixty-three right now, projected to just get over a thousand. But you, you know, if the Niners are are, are in good shape postseason wise, hopefully, not not mm-hmm. jinxing anything, you know, maybe he sits out a game or two or whatever just to save his legs. But he's also got forty-seven catches for three hundred and ninety-five yards. And the way that they're using him right now, I don't think it's impossible for him to get 90 catches this year, which would be kind yeah. of crazy because, mm-hmm. but it's just the way that Jimmy uses him. Jimmy is just so comfortable throwing it to him in the backfield, like the back of his hand. Uh, he just knows that, that he's, uh, he just knows that he's there. He knows that he's ready. And uh, so, Mukau 1980 <laughs> says, uh, put them all in, run the wing T for a play just for the heck of it. Let, they yeah, could do that. Fun. They could yeah. do that. They they could definitely <laughs> do that. Uh, the, you know, the, there's options there for, for trick plays and stuff. And for, or, or you just, um, you know, it's like, it's like fourth and one mm-hmm. and, and you know, you, you're not sure if you're going to go for it and you put that backfield in the game and then uh, the other team's got to call a timeout just so you, they got to burn a timeout just because what i've never seen this never seen this formation before from the 49ers all right so let's get to it our player of the game niners win 38 to 10 so there's lots of there's lots of heroes in a game like this and i'll let you go first uh for who you think is the player of the game for the 49ers you know, I'm always tough on this guy, but how can you say anybody other? Well, a lot of people had a lot of great games, but Jimmy Garoppolo, 20 for 29, threw four touchdowns. I know George Kittle basically got that touchdown on his own, but four touchdowns, no interceptions. He kept the team in it the whole game. Um, he made all the right decisions, all the right calls, threw, threw great passes the whole game, made little to no mistakes. Um, and plus, I was wearing his jersey tonight. There you go. You guys can see. Yeah, I'm wearing his jersey tonight. And uh, before the game, brother is handsome, like <laughs> unbelievably handsome. What, okay, wait. So, what do you think about the salt and pepper, though? I I dug it. I, I you know I'm just like, look, this guy. He, this guy's the George Clooney of football. He gets older and he's getting better looking. Uh, honestly, I kind of hate him for it. And I think that he gets han- <laughs> he gets handsome shamed a lot, and that's never something that's been a problem for me. Okay, so, here's um, a question. Here's a question about, and we'll, we'll, this will be the last question about Jimmy's handsomeness. Okay. okay. <laughs> Do you think it's weird that Jimmy's gone just full? Like Jimmy's a young man still. He's not. He's yeah. not that old. It's just he's got the gray, but he has leaned into the salt and pepper, right? Oh, yeah. As as a young man, and as a forty five year old dude, Tom Brady is like still coloring his hair. Like he's still. Mm-hmm. That he's he he cannot lean into that salt and pepper. I don't know. I don't know what that says, but I I wonder if Jimmy's like, I don't want to be like Tom. I'm gonna lean into the salt and pepper. 
I, you know what? I, he's got a beautiful head of lettuce, right? And he wants to be all natural. And I got to respect that. Um, there's nothing fake about Jimmy Garoppolo. And I think that's what he's trying to portray. Um, it was, kind, I think it was he, kind of cold blooded that I saw a video. So Jimmy <laughs> walking to the stadium, he's in like this like mm-hmm. salmon suit, no tie. And then they showed Colt McCoy right after he's like wearing a polo shirt, like just hanging mm-hmm. out. And I was yeah. like, that's not fair. Come on. No. Can't, yeah. Can't he looked at the Colt. Yeah. He looked like he was getting ready to go play, you know, nine holes on us <laughs> on a Sunday morning. Right. Yeah. <laughs> all right. So you're going Jimmy. Now we have yeah. not chosen Jimmy all season long. He hasn't uh, deserved it by the way. Not until tonight. So Shelvin is going McGlinchey. I mean, I think you can go offensive line as a unit, right? Like the offensive line was excellent, both in the run game and the pass game. Some of that was, you know, the Cardinals have their problems, but Mm. I I, I like that call by Shelvin. Uh, I was also looking at uh, Mooney Ward. Now he, he was on Hopkins a lot. So there were, there's a few catches on him, but, he was hitting tonight. Like, oh my gosh. Like he had some big hits, some big, great tackles from a tackling perspective. I thought it was, I thought that was his best game. Uh, Bosa did get a sack. He also got a a roughing the passer (laughs) where he's like, yeah, he deserved that one, but it was also, you know, Colt was doing his best LeBron impression, you know, but kudos to him. Yeah. Uh, Fred Warner, I thought had a really strong game. And I, I, I like Fred Warner because he's like the guy who's like, the intense fire up the team mm-hmm. kind of guy. And, you know, whenever they make a big play, you, your, your eyes go to him because he's all over the field. Um, and, and you could also go, you could also go uh, on the offense. You could go George Kittle. Like you could say, yeah. this is Kittle's best game, two touchdowns. I'm also going to go Jimmy Garoppolo mm-hmm. though. I, I think yeah. his calmness, like I don't necessarily think of calmness in the pocket when I think of Jimmy Garoppolo like I, I don't see that as a strength of his because when he makes those Jimmy throws it is often not a calm uh, version of him but he was calm and he got rid of the ball he didn't hold on to it too long just everything was perfect the game plan w- was great for them they knew they knew where Arizona was hurting which is pretty much uh, on on a, a lot of the defense and they just attacked it and it's like just Jimmy was a robot tonight. And like, mm-hmm. I like that version of Jimmy, like go do your job, hit the open guys, keep the chains moving. And I think we got to credit him for that. So I'm going Jimmy too. So I think Rod nice. will be, Rod will be very not happy. <laughs> Rod will probably <laughs> chuckle that we picked uh, Jimmy as player of the game. But, um, but I think it's, I think it's the right, the right pick. Okay. Yeah. Got a few minutes left. Uh, 49ers. Versus the Saints on Sunday at home, but on a short week. They, 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 because they played on Monday night, they have one less day to sort of rest. This is a team that is heavily injured, right? They're still missing guys. Uh, they're still missing a lot of their defensive line. Uh, I, I think, um, I didn't see the injury report after the game, but I think Jimmy Ward. Had had something going on. We saw Debo with the Theragun on his calf, which mm-hmm. looked cramp related. So and that's, that's what, what Jimmy hoping. Ward's looked like. Jimmy Ward looked like he had a cramp too. And I think that okay. you know altitude altitude probably played a factor in that. I think Arizona, a lot of their guys went down in a similar fashion. So now I think they're going to be okay. But I I also have not seen the injury report. Um, and so you know that that could that could 
there could be a couple problems there. I think uh, Greenlaw got his hand crunched in in between a helmet and like maybe two helmets on a tackle or something, but his hand kind of got caught on a tackle on a com- collision. And he had to come out of the game. So there could be those scenarios. I haven't seen anything um, uh, online yet, but what do you think about <clears throat> facing the Saints? Uh, the Saints out are, they are, I'm looking at their, uh, what, what is the record? Four and seven. Niners are now six and four, so this is not a good football team. I believe uh, Andy is Andy Dalton still the QB here. He is, yeah. So uh, yeah, so uh, Jameis uh, did not play the uh, yeah. Jameis has not played since I guess since September, late September, um, and so it's Andy Dalton now. Andy Dalton can make a play or two. He can get out of the pocket. He's also going to make uh, some mistakes there. But, you know, he's not he, – he's a little I, – I would say he's better than Colt McCoy. Uh, but I don't know. They just don't have a ton of weapons offensively. Uh, so what what are your thoughts here with, with this game upcoming Sunday at home against Saints? I think the defense is going to frustrate me in the first half. And then D'Amico <laughs> Ryans is going to be like, hey, guys, this is Andy Dalton you're playing against. Can you please get it together and shut them out the second half? I, I'm i not going to predict a blowout like we got today because, uh, believe it, like the 49ers played down to their competition a lot of times. And I don't know what it was about this crowd in Mexico, but they were just hot for the 49ers. Oh, and they yeah. were like the crowd was on fire. And like that's a 49er stronghold, Mexico City, even though this was technically a, an away game. Yes. So they, they were all about it. They were hot for it. There's momentum here. I'm not going to predict a blowout, but I am going to predict a, a, a smooth victory here for the 49ers. I just don't see that the, the Saints have any, they're, they're going to have, they're not going to have any answers for this defense. And they're not going to have any answers for the 49ers run game specifically. I just don't, I just don't see it. My favorite stats, as, as folks know by now who listen to this podcast, are uh, net scoring. Uh, mm-hmm. And so New Orleans, for the year, they are uh, minus 1.6 points per, ga- uh, per game. So they lose by minus 1.6 points per game on average, uh, more than they, they score. They give up more than they score. But these last three games specifically – they're at almost a minus six per game. Ooh. So that's a little rough. Now, they're not Houston, uh, you know, who's at minus 11 for the last three games. That, 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 that's where you're getting whooped every game. Uh, on the road, New Orleans is cumulatively also a minus six for the whole season. So minus six per game for the whole season. Uh, and the Niners uh, at home are a plus five. So... Those numbers are pretty favorable uh, for the Niners there if they take care of business. And so I'm also going to predict a victory. But, uh, you know, I don't know. I, I think it's because of Drew Brees that I always think that uh, that the 49ers are, are going to have some trouble with the Saints or at least get screwed uh, with some bad penalty because they, they actually tackled Drew Brees instead of just let him sit in the pocket and throw. <laughs> Uh, so Shelvin says that um, Dave Lombardi, David Lombardi from the Athletic, reported that there were no mm. injuries, which is great. Yeah, let's hope that hey. nothing shows up on the on the injury report. They go into this game at full speed, uh, but yeah, this is not the same Saints. So I am still going to be, you know, I still see those jerseys, and I'm like, oh, like it's going to give me the heebie-jeebies. But I think mm-hmm. they're they are they are clearly a better team than the Saints. So it's really just about doing what they're supposed to do at home. 
coming off a good win and not being uh, not being hurt if that is the case. And maybe we get some other guys back, which would be nice. Yeah, yeah. Ho- hopefully Armstead's back. I mean, why we've been missing him. We need we need his presence there in the middle of the line. Um, but who knows how long he's going to be out. Yeah, that's a, that's a tough one, man. Like, who knows about that injury? Because it's not just one injury. It's two injuries. He's got the the foot strain or what, whatever the whatever that strain is called. Um, and then he's also got an ankle situation going uh, at the same time. So I don't know. The, the, he, he, you know, Kyle's famous words every time they ask about players. He's like, oh, he's got a chance to play. It's like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Thanks for telling me that. Thanks for so telling me you're telling nothing. me there's a chance. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and, you know, Ibukam is uh, dealing with an, uh, an Achilles and a quadricep injury. Mm-hmm. So, uh, but he practiced uh, uh, in two of the three practices. So that, I guess that's good. So, yeah, it'd be great to see both those te- both those guys get back. Um, but uh Want to thank you? Know who you. stepped up? And I'm sorry. You know who stepped up in their absence? I know you're getting ready to wrap up. Was uh, Kevin Givens? I just want to give him a yes. shout out. I oh, thought, great! I thought sack. he had a good game. Yeah, I thought he had a good game tonight. Like exploded sorry, out of a cannon. Like he just came out of nowhere. <laughs> yeah. I was like, what happened? Yeah. Uh, it's like he, he is like you hit the uh, you hit the R2 on the PlayStation for like the the boost, and uh, he just right there for the sack. All right, no, mm-hmm. uh, appreciate you coming on. Uh, I know. Uh, You've you've been wanting to talk Niners, and we're gonna we'll do this again because uh, I thought it was a lot of fun, and uh, mm-hmm. I always I always love chatting with you. So, uh, yeah. So next week, Rod and I will be back uh, Sunday night after the game uh, on uh, I think the Niners play at one, so you know around four thirty five ish time frame Pacific on Sunday night. But uh, for Mike, thank you very much for doing this. Uh, I am Double G. We will see you next Sunday. Peace out. This is Andy Herman from the Packaday Podcast. In case you didn't know, the show you're listening to right now, as well as my show, is part of the Blue Wire Podcast Network. Blue Wire was founded in 2018 on the concept that independent podcasts would be more successful if we worked together. Today, Blue Wire has grown to feature 300 shows led by former athletes, media professionals, and passionate fans. Over the past few years, Blue Wire has privately raised over $10 million to expand their team, their podcast network, and business operations. Now they are raising another round on WeFunder. WeFunder is a crowdfunding service that connects startups with investors. It's a cool platform that gives everyone the opportunity to be part of a growing startup. You can invest for as little as $100. In other words, you don't have to be a millionaire to invest in cool companies on WeFunder. BlueWire is raising money to expand their sales team and improve operations, which in turn will help this show continue to grow. If you would like to be part of the BlueWire investment round or want to find out more information, go to wefunder.com slash BlueWire. That's wefunder.com slash BlueWire. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.